0: Welcome back to Chin Music. This is our baseball show at TalkNorth.com with Roy Smalley, uh, former Twins All-Star, current Twins broadcaster, Lavelle E. Neal III from The Star Review, and I'm also Jim Suhan from The Star Review, and Brandon Morton's our producer. Appreciate you listening. Best way to listen to this show or any show at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Uh, hey, let's let's get right into it here. Oh, yeah, one more note. Uh, Lavelle and I are going to be doing a live show, live Chin Music, 530 Tuesday night before the Twins game at Target Field at O'Donovan's, a short walk to Target Field. Last time we did a show there, it was a big crowd showed up. I'm, we're giving away a bobblehead plus some grain Grain belt is sponsoring the show. Uh, we're going to give away some grain belt stuff as well. So bobblehead, Lavelle, beer, ballpark, what more do you want? 5.30 to 6.30 Tuesday night. Stop on by and say hello. We do appreciate it. So, gentlemen, I thought it was a fascinating road trip. They go 5-2 and two on a West Coast trip. Uh, they, uh, and for the first six games of that trip, they swung the bats probably better than they have all season long. We love talking hitting here because we have access to Roy and his expertise. Let's start with Julian. Yes. <laughs> Roy, Roy. Just how good could this guy be? Well, I, I
1: think he's, uh, we're starting to see now, uh, uh, how good he can be. Uh, when we talked about him, uh, way back when, when, uh, he, uh, came up and played in, in the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Um I didn't know much about him. Uh you guys said what asked me what do you think? And what I said then was I, I love his approach because he's aggressive to the fastball. He hunts the fastball and he's really aggressive to it. But pitch to pitch a bat to at bat, it it changes his his approach changes on where he wants to hit the fastball and you know i i love a guy that says i i'm just not i'm just not going to get off the fastball but i'm gonna sometimes i'm gonna i'm gonna try to hit it up the middle or or to the opposite field which allows me to stay on uh breaking balls better so a guy that has that kind of maturity that kind of approach you know that early uh has got a chance and then you couple that with the fact that he's that he's got a, I don't want to say violent swing, but a very aggressive swing, both hands and hips and the whole deal. I mean, he's getting after the ball in a controlled uh, manner, and we're starting to see now as he adjusts to big league pitching, there's going to be times he's going to strike out some, uh, uh, but he's going to have an equal number of very close to an equal number of walks. I think that negates those two things. He's going to get beat on – 98 mile an hour fastballs up in the zone. Occasionally, you know, uh, who isn't? Uh, but I tell you what, he goes up there with a, with a plan that it doesn't take an it doesn't take an awful mistake uh, for him to uh, to do some real damage. I mean, everybody can hit a hanging breaking ball or a 93 mile an hour fastball down the middle, but uh, he jumped on a 97 mile an hour Luis Castillo fastball uh admittedly it was in the middle of the plate, but he was hunting fastball and he t- and he got the big into it and and when he when he feels like he needs to wait a little bit he'll he'll poke the ball to the left or get a broken bet hit to center and then they throw him a breaking ball, and he's right on that because of that approach so you know long l- another long winded way of saying this guy has got a real chance to for what you see right now to be kind of. Uh, A normal, normal hot
2: streak for a good hitter. Uh, The thing that jumps out at me, um, two things jump out at me about uh, Julian. One, um, I I think about like the quickest bats I've seen in the league. I I always thought Cody Cody Bellinger had like the fastest left-handed swing I've I've seen in the league, and um, Julian's got one of those types of swings. When he sees or recognizes a pitch, uh, he turns the fan on, and uh, that bat just just pulverizes the strike zone and hits makes contact, man. It's really cool to watch. And two, he knows where the strike is. Um, he's got great strike zone judgment. He takes close pitches with conviction. Um, he doesn't chase too much. Um, and he, 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 you're right. Especially earlier in the count, he gets really aggressive on, on fastballs, but he can hit breaking stuff as well. Um, the man's hitting 500 this month, 500. Um, <laughs> with power yeah with with power too and not afraid to hit the ball the opposite field you know so this is uh this is kind of scary it's, it's an exciting scary if you're a twins fan um about what he can do and now you see why the twins felt comfortable with training a spencer steer or in and strand because they had someone like julian coming through the pike they already had Kirilov, they already had Roy- royce lewis and you know at, about a year ago you know they thought you know, highly of Jose Moran, and I'm sure they still do. But you see, you know, why they felt they were dealing from a position of strength. Now, you know, the next frontier with him, with Julian, is to get his defense in order. Uh, and I, I've been in the ballpark. I've seen him. he's doing extra drills, and he's working uh, with uh, Tony Diaz a lot on fielding grounders and and uh, glove work and, and form and hands. He's got a awkward throwing motion. From second, well, let's just call it unique. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, you know, if you watch baseball long enough, you know, a guy like David Eckstein looked like he was throwing a shot, shot put when he played shortstop for the Angels, but he got the ball there. It worked, you know. So you just want it to work. You just want to make sure he makes the plays he can make uh, because that bat, that offensive ability, uh, you know, him and Kirillov pretty much reju- rejuvenate the Twins' offense here in the last few weeks.
0: Uh, by the way, you bring up David Eckstein. I, I always thought he had one of the most telling nicknames in baseball history his nickname was just enough because he could just he it was like every <laughs> throw beat the runner by half a step he always just got it there and he ends up playing shortstop on a championship team you know who uh now Julian doesn't remind me of this guy stylistically or in terms of personality or anything else but in terms of just the mentality going to the plate he reminds me of Chuck Knobloch Knobloch's philosophy was, I remember talking to him about this when he hit 341 in 1996, along with Molitor. He said, my philosophy is I'm either going to jump all over the first pitch if they throw me a get-it-over pitch, or I'm going to make them work like crazy, and I'm going to try to get them to like eight pitches, get the count full, and then see everything they have, and then punish them late in the at-bat. That's kind of Julianne. He's really aggressive early in the count, but if he doesn't get a pitch he wants to swing at early in the count, he makes you work.
1: Really true. And, and only guys that have uh, confidence in their ability to hit with two strikes can do that. And, um, And, and it's the nature of the beast when a guy's mentality is like that. And Julian does not have a, he does not have a slap to left approach with two strikes. I mean, he's still, you know, very aggressive. He still is, I mean, you see most of his two strike swings. Uh, to Lavelle's term, I mean, he's turning the fan on and he may not, the fan may may not hit the ball very far. I mean, he might get (laughs) jammed or, you know, he might slap it to left as a result, you know, as a result, but it's not an intent. He is, he is turning the fan on, but it it is just, if a, if a guy is going to take a lot of pitches, you get really aggressive first pitch. If it's like, if it's not a fastball and somebody throws a little, you know, breaking ball over, he takes that strike one. You you have to have total confidence in your knowledge of strike zone and your ability to hit. you not only your ability, but your willingness to hit with two strikes if if you have to. And that's what impresses me so much. As a young guy like that, you know he doesn't panic you know, when he gets to when he gets to two strikes. And and as a result, he's gonna strike. He's gonna go to two strikes a lot because of that approach. Because he's he's gonna. He's going to hunt good pitches to hit. He's going to take balls that are, you know, on the corners, you know, that he's not, or that he's not looking for. And he'll get the two strikes a lot. And so by definition, he's going to strike out quite a bit. But that's what was my point about him. Uh, he's also going to walk because he can foul the ball off and he's got great uh, strike zone knowledge and he doesn't chase. So, I, I mean, I, I really believe the, the, the three and two counts and the walks will, you know, the hits he gets with two strikes, they're they're going to negate whatever strikeout numbers he has different than most guys who, you know, where you look at strikeouts and you go, man, you know, if you could strike out a third the time, you guys are striking out, you know, a hundred times or 120 times and walking 30, you know, I mean, that's, that's not, that's not as productive as what Julian is going to be with whatever his strikeout number is.
0: We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Thanks all to AllEnergySolar.com. Thanks to Greenbelt for sponsoring our live shows and to Donovans for hosting the last couple of them. Uh, pers- and thanks also to our producer, Brandon Morton. Personal note, my band's playing after the Twins game Saturday night at Glicks right down the street from Target Field. Stop by if you like. We're going to start 9-ish, but probably 10, 15 minutes after the game. let set out and we're going to play fairly late into the night. Stop by if you can. Uh, so what's J- the name Julian's of the band? been uh, Barcourts. Okay. There you go. Uh, not my favorite. It's like We're like most bands. We don't really like the name of our band, but we had not done anything better yet, but hopefully someday we'll think of something better. Um, so Julianne has been incredibly impressive. Uh, and, they're, and listen, it was a positive road trip in many ways, but it is fascinating and disappointing to watch Byron Buxton go through what he's going through now. Uh, he's had one hit since July 4th. They sat him for a couple of days to clear his head. Didn't look a whole lot better yesterday. Uh, Roy, what, what are you seeing? What's your level of hope or optimism that he can turn this around?
1: Well, I mean, my hope and optimism are, are relatively high in the face of him looking really badly right now, uh, just because of the talent level. Um, but uh, as we've talked about on the show it, about Buck in the past, he has a sweep swing to, to the left field line. Basically, if you if you and I was thinking about this yesterday as watching him uh, or through the through the through the the whole road trip. If you put a spray chart of him of where most of his contact goes, it wouldn't be too far off of from the shortstop third base hole to uh, about uh, 50 yards into the left field the third base stance I mean that, that spray chart is is either it's either straight away left field uh to the line or it's another 100 feet foul you know and, and you know his he's he's his swing is and his approach is one of hitting the ball out in front of him and and um it's just when you get in a streak like this when that's your path. It's really hard. I mean, your timing has to be absolutely perfect. And when your timing has to be perfect, it's really, really easy to get your mind messed up and not know because you're not catching up to fastballs and you're swinging at bad breaking balls. And then you're in between. You take a ball down the middle because you don't – he's – you know, trust me, I've been there. I mean, you you a mess in the big leagues at, at the plate. And he's messed, he's messed up right now. And I, I just say – this is the other thing I was thinking about him. As a fan and as a guy that uh, would would like to see Byron Buxton live to his full potential in terms of leading this club, and I mean leading it with his uh, offensive prowess, I would rather see Buck hit 300 than hit 30 home runs. Um, and it's just a random thought that I had yesterday uh, watching the game. I'd rather he had an approach, uh, foul line to foul line, hitting three hundred, run, all running the bases like crazy, you know, getting big hits, igniting big rallies, you know, that kind of thing. Because right now it looks like, you know, he's looking a little bit like Rob Deer. You know, I mean, it's like he's going to hit the ball in the ballpark, or it's not going to be good. And I just don't think the guy can hit the ball out of the ballpark enough to uh, justify that. But that's going to be an unpopular opinion. I mean, there's nobody with the twins. I don't, I don't think. And Byron either that's going to say, you know, I need to change things around here a little bit. So uh, I I, I don't know. I don't know where he goes from here other than, you know, sooner or later somebody has got to pay hopefully.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah. I'm, I'm officially worried. And uh, yeah, you're right. When he was going good, he would, uh, actually hit an occasional ball over the second baseman's head and you know hit a line drive to the gap and and end up with a triple and you're not seeing that um yeah you're not seeing um the excitement and the um terror he creates on the base paths i still remember sitting here listening to roy talk about him and i think you said that that buck uh, was the only person you ever saw that would hit a ball to the left center field gap and get a triple out of it you know standing up at third
1: Labelle down the line yeah. yeah, hit a, yeah. It, it, you hit a, hit a right hander hitting down the, the ball down the third base line and get a triple. I mean, it's not like they're playing him way over left center. I mean, I never, I never saw anything like that. I've seen it, do it twice. I've never seen anybody else do that.
2: Yeah, well, two things worry me about Buck. Um, one was during the series against Oakland, and they ended up having ended up drawing a walk to force in a run. But I was actually that was his really,
0: one good at bat on the road trip.
2: Yeah, and I was watching that at bat and. He's taking these humongous deep breaths in between each pitch. Like he's stepping out of the box. He's, I was like, man, this guy is really fighting to keep it together. You know, that's what I was thinking in between uh, in between pitches there. And he was able to draw the walk, force it to run. He celebrated like he had just hit a walk up homer because he just needed some sort of positive reinforcement reinforcement at that time. Um, the second thing that's got me worried about him is, I think he said in a paper the other day, that he indicated that he's still trying to figure out what to do in, in between the bats. Uh, does he need to swing more? Does he need to swing less? He's still trying to figure that out. And that's troubling um, to hear that in, you know, as we head toward August Um, that he hasn't found uh, the right way to manage himself in between at bats. I don't know. Maybe we can hire Nelson Cruz as a extra hitting coach and and help him uh, with his mindset as a designated hitter. But uh, you know, it's definitely a mental thing and it's, it's hard to see it's, it's rough to see that when a hitter is going through that, but you can see it now with Buck. Um, he's not up there you know, looking to get a hit. He's up there hoping to get a hit, and hope is not a strategy.
0: And, Roy, what you said, uh, man, I, I was thinking that the entire road trip is when Buck, even during this terrible stretch where he's striking out and swinging and missing by a foot quite often, when he does hit the ball hard, it's usually at a fan. You know, it's usually well left of the left field foul line. And one of the things, you know, sometimes announcers, you know, try to be kind to the player who's struggling and say, hey, he's hitting a lot of balls hard. He's getting a lot of balls robbed. Well, right now he reminds me when he first came up. It's like he third basemen are are making a lot of great plays on him, but third basemen are making a lot of great plays on him because everything he hits is at the third baseman.
1: Yeah, it's really really true. And, And one of the tells for me, is when he does get a cookie breaking ball he gets he gets one right in the middle of the plate and and especially with two strikes so with two strikes right you have to protect against everything you should be letting the ball travel the fastball travel just to you know make sure you're identifying don't strike out and he'll get a a him hanging breaking ball in the middle of the plate and that goes nine miles into the you know uh sideways you know uh, mm-hmm. it goes it, uh, fifty rows deep uh you know Behind third base, and so that tells me that his his contact point, even uh, maybe not in his mind consciously, but subconsciously, his contact point is fastball way out in front. And if your contact point is always, even with two strikes, fastball way out in front, um, you're just you're you're vulnerable to everything, and and it's just it's just kind of where he is right now, and. It's. I I, I, re, I feel bad for him because I, I, I don't think he knows what to do. I don't think he knows what what to uh, do in between at bats. It's tough on a young guy to be a DH. It really is. And, All right, let's
0: uh, get more. Let's get into more of that. I do want to t- let you know that we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks, as always, to Aquarius Home Services. Scott here for Aquarius Home Services. Fantastic news. We're having a Kinetico Midsummer Mega Sale. Ready for worry-free water, spotless dishes, and softer clothes? Ready for purified drinking water and removing contaminants like lead and those forever chemicals you hear about on the news? Now through August 12th, Aquarius is taking 25% off Kinetico Whole Home Water Treatment Systems. And as your independent authorized Kinetico dealer, it all starts with a free water analysis. Schedule today at KineticoMN.com also want to let you know that all-energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All-Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com or just go to allenergysolar. uh, allenergysolar.com slash coach is where you'll get that information. Or you can just go to allenergysolar.com to find out everything you need to know about going solar for your personal life your house uh, or your business Uh, once again thanks to grain belt for sponsoring uh the live shows and thanks to tsr injury law remember 612 tsr time 612 tsr time uh so this is every time i talk to a wins fan they're like why don't they just make byron play center field and my response is always well that sounds good the reality is if your trainers or if Byron himself aren't saying, Hey, the knee is good enough that I can go play center field and stay in the lineup and not get hurt and not derail my career. You can't just order the guy to go out and play center field and nor should you. My question to you guys, always, would you like to see at some point Byron go to the twins and say, Hey, you know, I used to be a five-tool player. Right now I'm kind of a one-tool player. I'm not helping the team very much. It would probably help me if I play some center field and help the team with my glove. Maybe that loosens me up at the plate. You know, I mean, would is that a possibility, and would you like to see it Let's start
2: with Lavelle? Uh, it depends on his health. Uh, I don't know if he's, he if he would be pushing it or risk uh, injuring himself even more. Well, the thing, the un, the unknown variable in this is that we don't know exactly what's going on with his knee yep um we don't know if it's something that's chronic or something that can does he need surgery during the off season to clean up something again um we're not we just don't know that so um now Rocco sounded pretty forceful about a month ago when he said you're not going to see him out in center field anytime soon that was a signal to me that you know he's he's not able to Take the pounding out there, but then it's still baffling because you know, you take pounding on the knee when you're batting, when you're running, when you're sliding. You know, but then if you remember watching him run and slide in the bases, you know, the man sometimes needs a forklift to get up off the ground after he like slides in a second and it makes you wonder, you know, what's going on there. So I I think they have a good reason to to keep him out of uh out of the outfield. Um, and, and try to get whatever they can out of him at DH. But, you know, he's not a DH, he's an outfielder. And to be honest with you, and I brought this up, I think about a month, month and a half ago, if if he's not good enough, if he's not well enough to play in the outfielder, he shouldn't be on the roster. He should be on injury list, trying to uh, work through whatever he's got going on.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I tend to agree with you, LaBelle, in that in that way. But I, uh, and, uh, I agree with you about what must be going on with his knee. I mean, either the trainers are saying you know that it's it, he really shouldn't be going out there to center field if you want to get anything out of him or Bucks saying I'm just not comfortable I don't want to go out there um, it, I, I would I think if, I, I think the way things are going right now for him at the plate if he had any idea that maybe uh, it, uh, I mean I think he wants to play center I, I think he would want to play center field the way things are going right now I, I would think Jim to your point, he would he would go to them and say I you know hey I want to play. Um, the fact that he is you know kind of struggling like this, saying he's overthinking things uh, at the plate, not really sure what to do in between the bats, all those kinds of things, and he doesn't he doesn't go and say hey I got I I, I demand to play center. It just feels like that you, the, your your sense has got to be that the the knee's not great.
0: Yeah, I, there's no doubt about it. The the question is 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 he. Yeah, well, I, 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 I'm not, I have nothing to add to what you guys said. You're absolutely right. And they, and Lavelle's idea is pretty intriguing there. You know, if, if maybe – I mean, if he's not going to produce offensively and your DH he's never on base anyway, maybe you do shut him down for a little bit and try to get good Buck uh, later in the season. And the interesting thing here, guys, is, you know, 10 days ago, we would have been saying, but they desperately need Buck's bat and lineup. Now, Kepler's swinging it great. Julian's swinging it great. Polanco's on his way back. Royce Lewis is on his way back. We In, in a very short period of time, we might have gone from,
2: is anybody going to get a hit to, man,
0: they got a lot of good hitters. They could use the DH spot
2: for somebody. LaVelle? Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right, Jim. And I'm actually right for Sunday that Polanco should be approaching the Twins right now and, and volunteering to move to third base <laughs> when, when, when he yeah. gets back. So Julian can stay at second and he could play third and then – you know, revisit the situation when Royce Lewis gets healthy, you know, because uh, um, Julian's bats got to stay in the lineup. And there's a way where Polanco could play a little bit of third uh, against right-handers. And maybe when there's a lefty, they could set Julian down and put Polanco at second and and work it that way. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, Polanco adds another guy who, at worst, he takes solid at bats. I mean, when he's going good, he's drawn walks. He hasn't drawn a lot of walks this year because I just think it's been hard for him to get traction because he started the season late because of the knee issue. And then had the two hamstring injuries. So um if he comes back healthy and feeling good about himself, he would be an asset to that lineup. And you've got to figure out a way to get him in there and have him coexist in the same bat in order with uh, with Julian. Um yeah, I, I I just said a little bit ago that uh, I think Julian and Kirilov have kind of resurrected this this offense. Uh you know, Julian's hitting five hundred this month. Uh, Kirilov's hitting like three thirty-three over his last like eighteen games or something like that. They both have OPSs that you know you'll drool over. I think Julian's is over a thousand uh, since he's been called up, and and uh, Kirilov's like at nine fifty. And you know they're showing they're showing the ability to 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 uh, have rallies and score runs and put crooked numbers on the board, and it's trickling down to some other guys here. So. Um, so now, when you got those guys swinging, the occasional Joey Gallo home run isn't the you know, the drop in the ocean, <laughs> the, the teardrop in the ocean that that it was earlier in the year. And now, when Kepler does anything, it's just icing on the cake. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, things are looking up offensively, and it's weird. As soon as I wrote about uh, the Twins needing to add offense because they're wasting their pitching staff, the start rotation had a, actually start rotation had a rough cycle there, man. uh, yep. uh, uh Pablo Lopez struggling in Oakland. Maeda threw 80 pitches over three innings. Um, I think Obers only went had a decent outing. Uh, yeah. Joe, Joe Ryan got clobbered in Oakland and then they came to Seattle. The first game in Seattle, I was like, man, this <laughs> rotations on a downturn, but uh, it's been better the last couple of uh, games. Uh, the offense has picked up and now the twins actually look like a baseball team, you know? So um, this is a good thing. Hopefully they can uh, carry this momentum going forward and get some guys healthy. And um, you know, prove that they're the class at AO Central because I still think they're the best team on paper right you know Cleveland's starting to hit a little bit now but they're playing some inferior teams but I think the Twins overall are a better team than them and they should be one into the division
0: agreed uh, and also in addition to all the other people we've talked about Kepler ha- had a great road trip uh and Correa is batting 312 since they moved into the leadoff spot uh which I thought thought was a pretty savvy move by by Rocco to say hey stop worrying about trying to produce runs and hit for power just just go up there with a clear head and just get on base and he he's looked good there too the and here's here's the interesting thing as you guys know i, I don't like picking on major league baseball coaches i think they're uh you know they're, they're scapegoats a lot of the time i did question whether popkin should stay in that role as badly as this team was taking at bats before the break and all of a sudden they've gotten it rolling uh, do you guys attribute that anything at all to the hitting coach uh, pushing changes or did these guys just kind of clear their heads during the all-star break and come back and swing it better? What do you think, Roy?
1: I Everything that I've heard David Popkins say and talk about uh, his hitters and, and what they're trying to do in my mind has been the right thing. It's not like he doesn't, he, he doesn't know what it means and, and how to take better at bats, And they were taken, you know, most of the, most of the first half of the season. And, um, uh, you know he's he's talked about uh looking for pitches in a certain zone or he's talked about you know looking for uh, a certain pitch or he's talked about uh, you know, trying to hit the ball to a certain play, part of the field i mean he he said all the all the, all the right things and from i have never been aware of you know thinking he just he's he's not he he doesn't know how to say the right things that I, to these hitters. I mean, I I don't know what to do as a as a hitting coach to you know to change the kinds of approaches and the kinds of at, at bats uh, that they have that they're having when they're not good. But either he's he's found something, change it around. I mean, it, it's going to be it's a combination. I mean, I I know they're working on mechanics, they're working on approach. You know, with some of these guys with Kepler and you know and different people and. Sometimes, not sometimes, almost all the time, it's just up to a player just to decide. This is what I have to do now to take better at bass And it, you know, something clicked. I'm not going to say I, I'm not going to be down on uh, Popkins for the way they were swinging the bat before, and I'm not going to say necessarily that that uh, he's been the reason why they've turned it around. But I think there's a better chance that he's adding something. There that is finally clicking with guys rather than uh rather than the other way i i it just doesn't it i think even if it's been nothing more than less, being consistent about you know what he's he keeps saying and working on with hitters and hitters finally getting it you know i mean i I just don't think it's the i don't think it's the hitting coaches uh, uh
2: issue at all Yes, i mean that's a good that's an interesting uh uh Point there, right? Because you know, is it does a hidden coach deserve credit for helping a player get to the point where he can figure things out for himself? I, I'm not sure, uh but it seems like Correa has decided that I'm going to be happy with slicing the ball to the opposite field and get hits that way to help move the chains. Um, Kirilov is, I think, what all but one of his home runs are the left field, so he's definitely looking in that quadrant, you know, to and putting a swing on the ball. Is that because of Popkins or is it because they? they've been able to synthesize enough information here to arrive at their own conclusions um it's been about what 3 weeks since the hitters have like changed their pregame hitting meetings is this offshoot of that um you know talking amongst themselves and exchanging information or some ideas about how to approach pitchers is that or what is what we're seeing now An offshoot of that i don't know um i've always been a believer that uh, bad players make coaches look bad and good players make coaches look good um but, you know, through the half of the season, I was starting to rethink that theory, uh, turning into a hypothesis because it wasn't clicking with this group. But now there's some signs of life. So I don't know if it's them or uh, or Popkins. All right, one more quick point about uh, Polanco, too. As of yesterday, uh, the Twins had not approached Polanco about taking grounders at third while he's with the Saints on rehab. But they've had conversations about approaching Polanco <laughs> about taking grounders at third while he's with the Saints. <laughs>
0: I, yeah, I think that's just the the most logical, easy solution there. Unless unless Buckson goes on the DL and uh, and opens up a DH slot, because Julian would look awfully good in the DH spot. All yep. right, um, let's get final thoughts from everybody. We're going to get into we're going to do an hour long show Tuesday night at O'Donovan's uh, right before the Twins game, five thirty to six thirty. Again, giving away a bobblehead and some grain belt merchandise. We'll get deep into a lot of stuff. We also take live questions at that show. Thanks again to Brandon Morton. And we're, again, coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Let's get a final thought from
2: Lavelle. Uh, Final thought here. One thing that's being overlooked, I think, is that, um, except for Jorge Lopez yesterday, the bullpen has actually been pretty steady. Um, Emilio Pagan has like a 1.2 ERA in his last 14 outings. Yes, Emilio, who I, I... I tried to find a silver lining in his struggles at the beginning of the year uh, has finally proved me correct. Uh, he's, he's come in and been functional. And uh, I think Rocco's trusted him a little bit more with some late inning situations here. We got to get, we got to get Jorge Lopez figured out now. Um, Cause uh, he had a really rough outing yesterday. Hit a couple batters, got jeered when he walked off the field, but not good, but man um, Griffin jackson has been great um, since a, a, a early slump. Um, Giovanni Moran has been effective for the most part and they've gotten, you know, they've gotten mileage out of Ortega and some other guys, you know, that you weren't, you weren't counting on, you know, and Brock Stewart should be coming back soon. Thiel has got to be coming on the pike here. Um, so things are looking a little better here now. I, I'm not saying it's totally fixed there because I think they were still giving up some, I think in the seventh inning, I think, let me see, they've given up either the most or some of the most runs in the seventh thing of any team in baseball. And that's a, that's a offshoot of the first handoff when the starter leaves. So that may still be a little bit of a bump for them to work with, but you're now seeing uh, Rocco with some options here to try to get these, uh, close out these victories. And it also helps when your offense is giving them a four or five running lead.
1: (laughs) Right. So I've got it. My final thought is uh, that a bunch of, Question marks in the in the lineup that we're going that we're going to be uh, they're going to be facing here. Paul comes back; he pretty much has to play. Julian has to has to hit somewhere. Royce Lewis comes back; he has to play. Um, and where do all these guys play? Because the, the way Julian's swinging it, the way you would, the way Royce Lewis was swinging it before before he got hurt, before you know. Jorge Polanco's got to play. What's what's gonna happen? You guys alluded to you know, you know what you know, Byron Buxton not being in the lineup. Um I I I don't know I, I don't think the right answer is those three guys for two positions and just rotating or rotating around. That may be what they get to, but I think I've got a question about that. And I've also got a little bit of a question about Polanco's throwing motion from third base. Um, you know to throwing mostly a sidearm to kind of submarine from shortstop when he played short got over to second base that was a perfect throwing motion for a guy over there now you're going to ask him to you know make some long throws from across the diamond um so i don't know maybe <laughs> Maybe.
2: <laughs> maybe oh, you take, a, take a look at it and see what happens you know um, yeah
1: yeah i mean it's, so i i just think there's i i think there's a lot of head scratching here uh coming down the pipe
2: pretty quickly but these are good these are are good dilemmas to have because it's based on other guys doing well for a change
1: well that's true it's a really good dilemma other than the fact that one of the biggest dilemmas right now is that your star player
2: looks absolutely
1: you know looks as you know a a mess at the plate and what do you do about that so i mean yes yes and yes
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, uh, and my final thought will just be on Rocco. Um, you know, he seems to be kind of the, uh, right. And usually is the manager of the team that gets the most abuse. I mean, remember Tom Kelly, even after he won two world series, uh, his Sunday morning radio show was everybody second guessing everything he did. So it's just the nature of the position. But as I pointed out in my column today, they're fourth best in the major leagues in steel percentages. Uh, so they obviously are, are, are using some insight uh, on and when to run and who to run with. They've been excellent on squeeze bunts. I've uh, been generally good at bunting uh, when they do bunt this year. And a lot of his juggling has helped people. Uh, Correa responded well to go into the leadoff spot. Um, you know, he's used Solano in a way that has made Solano very effective, Uh so and he's stuck and you know this brain trust as a group stuck with Kepler at a time when all almost all of us wanted to see Kepler shipped anywhere. And now Kepler's responded. So you know it's it's always easy to bash the manager. I'll give I'll give Rocco credit for those things. Hey, thanks to everyone for listening. We do appreciate it. Tuesday night, O'Donovan's five thirty to six thirty before the twins game. We'll see you today.